Thank you for joining us for this episode of Talking Talent. I'm Nicole Fuqua. You're listening to our audio series where we dig into issues related to talent acquisition. Today, we're talking about what leaders from around the globe can learn from trends and challenges in local markets and how to use those insights to improve their own programs. Joining me is Guy Bryant Fenn, People Scouts Managing Director for the Asia Pacific region. Guy is based in our Sydney headquarters and has been with People Scout for about five months. He's traveled an interesting and diverse road, both geographically and professionally, to his current role. He started his talent acquisition career nearly two decades ago in London before moving to Australia in 2012. Today, he leads an organization that works closely with clients across the Asia Pacific region to help them align their business objectives and workforce strategies by developing talent management programs including RPO and MSP. Guy, thanks for joining me today. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, Very glad to be here. So I want to start by asking, what are the biggest challenges facing the Australia-New Zealand region in talent acquisition right now? That's a great question. um, There are are numerous challenges uh, facing uh, Australia and New Zealand in talent acquisition at present. Uh, First off is the availability of talent. uh, it really is a compressed market here. Um, we're seeing a lot of uh, employment growth in the healthcare and social assistance market uh, and construction, education and training and professional. Um, uh, across the across the years to 2023, we're seeing a projected growth uh, by uh, half a million jobs or more. Um, and the the challenge that lies within that is the availability of um, skilled labor to fulfill those roles. So we're seeing a lot of legislative change. Um, one particular compounding factor is, um, is skilled migration visas. Um, Australia uh, in particular went through a change recently um, and this is having a compounding effect on on the availability of talent. We're seeing a reduction in uh, applications of skilled migrants uh, and also a reduction uh, in skilled visa holders. And so uh, we're seeing this growth of roles, uh, but a lack of availability um, to, uh, uh, to fulfill them. Um, and the, uh, the education bodies um, can't, um, well, can produce the people, um, so to speak, quickly. Uh, however, um, they they don't necessarily come with the experience that is needed to execute on um, on organisations' challenges. So, we're having a very very compressed market in relation to talent at the moment. Um, but what we're also seeing is um, a a real focus on the quality of hire as well. So, um, I referenced earlier about organizations needing that skilled labor uh, but they also need to um, uh, have uh, reassurance that those individuals that they're bringing in um, can execute on the roles Um, so we're seeing a keen focus on the quality of hire how do I assess and right-size people for the business and for the future of the business Uh, but then also compensation uh, and competition are also other layers that um, uh, that play into that. Um, are they paying the right salaries in markets? Do they have the right budgets? Uh, but then also, because of the compressed market, there is a lot of competition out there around those benefits and pay as well. So uh, very compressed in terms of the ability of talent um, and, um, and a shortage in a number of areas driven by uh, compensation and competition for talent. And I think that those are those are the biggest challenges that are going to face Australia and New Zealand over the next five years. 
So kind of a similar question, but what are some of the biggest trends you're seeing? It's interesting. I think that the, the biggest trends that we're seeing are, um, are a reaction uh, to the availability of talent. Um, so we're seeing, uh, we're seeing a, high, a high degree of um, recruitment solutions that are um, focusing on passive sourcing. So not those active candidates in the market, but who are those left-handed astronauts that are out there in the market that um, uh, that we need to tap on tap on the shoulder uh, and attract into our clients' organisations, and we're seeing a, a a keen focus on uh, market insights to provide that information of um, where that skilled labour is, who they're working for. Um, and how we can best attract them. Um, and that is done in a symbiotic relationship between people and technology. Um, so using advanced um, AI technology attraction strategies that are enabling uh, the people components to, to drive that passive sourcing. Another big focus is uh, diversity and inclusion, uh, you know, particularly um, uh, females and uh, indigenous groups. Um, organizations, um, obviously see the benefit of diversity uh, within their companies, uh, but they are also wanting to ensure that they have a workforce that is reflect, uh, reflective of the national demographic. So um, they're, they're trying to balance um, the lack of availability of talent within the market, but also um, uh, drive a more uh, inclusive workforce. Uh, so we're, we're seeing a lot of focus on um, on on rebalancing uh, organizations' um, uh, construct uh, to one that is reflective of the national demographic effectively. Um, so the passive sourcing that I mentioned earlier, um, a lot of that can be focused on those minority groups and making sure that um, uh, organizations are getting the applications for roles uh, to ensure that they are, um, uh, they are meeting um, their diversity and inclusion targets. Um, so we're seeing, uh, obviously, a big trend on the passive sourcing, but the overlay to that is um, diversity inclusion. And the benefits within the space are well documented and numerous. Um, and so it's a, it's, a, it's a great thing to see um, and certainly can be enabled by that passive sourcing component. Um, and I suppose the, um, uh, the final piece for me in terms of the overlay for passive sourcing, hard to find talent, the diversity inclusion component is really um, uh, more of a focus in uh, attraction and assessment or a greater focus in attraction and assessment, I should say. Um, organizations are wanting to understand what are they saying to market? How does their employer brand um, portray them as an organization? Uh, what are the values that they're speaking to within market? And how do those values really flow through to uh, um, how and who and what they are assessing uh, within the recruitment process? Uh, so we're seeing a uh, uh, clear linkages and interdependencies within the recruitment lifecycle um, from an attraction and assessment component to ensure that organizations are bringing uh, skilled individuals into their businesses that will enable their business strategy, uh, but also um, meet some of their uh, other uh, objectives such as diversity and inclusion. 
So it sounds like dealing with these challenges and working with these trends, technology probably plays a pretty significant role. So can you tell me a little bit about the role that tech has in kind of transforming the industry and tackling some of the biggest issues you're seeing now? Tech is increasing in, in, in importance uh, across the industry. Um, uh, there isn't a day goes by where um, we are not talking or organizations are not talking about their um, tech stack uh, effectively. We're seeing um, an emergence um, within the HR tech industry of um, technologies that sit across each element of the life cycle. So workforce planning tools, um, AI passive sourcing tools, uh, uh, various different assessment tools that um, sit from personality profiles to realistic job previews, situational judgments. Um, and they go all the way through to, uh, to onboarding and employment and so on and so forth. So you're seeing a great emergence of all of these technologies that play a very important part um, uh, in, in a certain element um, of the talent acquisition lifecycle. And the trick for us as a provider is to ensure that we are utilizing the best of those tools that will enable the recruitment process, uh, but also drive automation and efficiencies that allow, allow us to elevate our talent acquisition teams. Technology is a key enabler um, for our on-site teams uh, to act as a business advisor, uh, focusing on um, candidate activation, but also focusing on uh, advisory around assessment component to ensure that organizations are uh, assessing um, uh, individuals against uh, the competitive values and skill sets that they need within their organization. So technology is a key enabler uh, to ensure that we are acting as that business partner to execute on uh, passive candidate activation, uh, but then also assessing uh, what good looks like uh, for the business moving forward. So what are some lessons from Australia and New Zealand that leaders in other markets should be paying attention to and learning from? I've lived and worked in Australia now for eight years, um, having come from uh, uh, the EMEA market. And what I'm continuously, um, and what I continuously enjoy, uh, is the lateral thinking of uh, talent acquisition leaders uh, across Australia and New Zealand. Um, what we what we have seen within this market is a, a growth and a maturity around talent acquisition that um, I believe is beyond uh, some pockets of the globe. Um, we are not afraid to uh, to look at things through a different lens, take the best of the learnings uh, from North America, uh, South America, and EMEA, uh, and right size that for uh, the Australian New Zealand market. Um, MSP and contingent labour is one of those um, one of those things because of the size and the volume uh, of the uh, Australia and New Zealand market from a contingent labour perspective. Uh, you see a number of tiers, tier one and tier two organisations, uh, where they they need uh, out of a requirement basis um, a different solution around contingent labour to one that is. Um, uh, one that is inherent within uh, North America and EMEA. So you're seeing organizations uh, take the best of uh, global solutions and right-size them for the local market, uh, but then also look for improvement areas. And 
um, we are seeing uh, a faster adoption and emergence of total workforce solutions where providers have uh, a view um, of both permanent and contingent labor across their enterprise. And so we're seeing a large emergence of those within the ANZ market currently, um, but a faster adoption and faster learning uh, than what you would see uh, within the North American and EMEA market. And, and that's partly because of the lateral thinking. It's also partly because we are smaller in scale uh, and can be more agile, uh, but it allows for us, that agility allows for us to uh, innovate um, and innovate quickly. So I think that um, what is different here is the lateral thinking, uh, the smaller scale as opposed to North America and EMEA. Uh, really allows for us to innovate, innovate quickly, um, and uh, and advance the solutions. So uh, it really is a uh, a forward-thinking market, but also a very, very mature market, particularly uh, within the um, RPO stroke permanent recruitment space. So on the flip side, especially with your global experience, what are some lessons that you've been able to take from other areas around the world to drive success in your current programs? That's a great question. I think that you know when I when I when I look at some of uh, the solutions I've worked with organisations on over the years, um, I've taken um, various learnings from North America and various learnings from uh, EMEA uh, to land them in ANZ. So uh, one example I would um, I would use was uh, in North America. Um, within North America, uh, there are uh, significant volumes, uh, uh, particularly in the retail space, and uh, managing, uh, assessing um, uh, the volumes of applications, um, uh, the volume of applicants, and ensuring that they are fit for purpose for our customers um, is uh, is a key learning that I've taken from from North America in terms of how do you deal with such scale and such volumes. Uh, but also making sure that you are giving those uh, individuals that uh, choose to apply for your customers uh, the right candidate experience and the good feeling whether they are successful or unsuccessful and that's of critical importance to uh, to our customers that are, um, are in the volume recruiting space, particularly around retail. Um, and so some of the specific solution learnings I've had from uh, North America is really about how do we how do we deal with those volume recruitment uh, requirements, uh, ensuring that we're attracting and assessing the right individuals uh, and uplifting capability for our clients' organizations, but ensuring we're giving uh, candidates the appropriate experience that um, doesn't disenfranchise them with our clients' brands. And so I think that for me, a key learning from North America is um, how to deal with scale and how to deal with volume and how that is applicable to the local market. Um, and then conversely, within um, uh, EMEA, um, what, I've, what I've learned and taken from EMEA is really that what I would term as advisory uh, piece. So within the permanent recruitment space is actually, and particularly within the professional services environment, um, designing and building solutions that um, will enable our teams to act as a true advisor, um, aligning themselves at a strategic level with our clients and um, uh, ensuring that we are a key enabler for their uh, business imperatives. And so I think that uh, to summarize mainly, uh, 
uh, some of the key learnings from the US are how to deal with volume, um, and some of the key learnings from MIR are really um, how do we how do we partner and act as that true advisor, and um, they have both been invaluable in terms of advancing what we do within the ANZ market, uh, but then also making sure we have uh, enterprise-wide solutions. Are there any common themes that you see globally in talent acquisition? Yeah, I, I think we referenced it earlier. Um, the common theme for talent acquisition is that uh, global skill shortage. Uh, it's been something that's been growing and well documented over a number of years. Traditionally, it's been called the war on talent. Uh, I personally don't like that phrase. It shouldn't be a war. Um, but um, we are certainly seeing uh, a talent shortage across the globe for um, for skilled, uh, uh, skilled labor. And that is really driving um, our solutions to really focus on that passive sourcing component, but then how do we get a competitive edge that sits around uh, that passive piece, which is uh, uh, elevation of employer brand, um, elevation of technology within our solutions to ensure we're staying ahead of the curb from a uh, attraction perspective. Uh, but then also, um, how do we look at assessment differently that is aligned to uh, our organization's values, uh, but also ensuring that we are um, bringing people into our clients' organizations that can um, that can learn uh, and change. We're seeing such uh, such fast change within organizations that um, our clients are increasingly looking for individuals and skill sets that um, can adapt and can learn and can move quickly uh, and can be agile. Uh, particularly in the IT space. And so what we're seeing is um, a, a high growth in that passing, passive sourcing area, but then also that is um, backed into that is the assessment component to say, right, I, I want to find uh, the hard to find individuals, but I would also like to understand whether they have the ability to learn, adapt and evolve with my organization as it's going to move so quickly. We've seen banks over over a number of years move from an om, uh, move from a single channel to an omni-channel um, platform, and that digitization has had a, number, uh, a lot of disruption across the globe, but it's not just um, uh, related to the financial services industries, it's across all industries. And so we're seeing that transformational change across the globe, uh, but we're also seeing um, that passive sourcing component increase uh, and we're also seeing uh, organizations focus on their assessment to ensure that they have individuals within their organization that can adapt and learn and evolve um, with their organization as we move very very quickly through the next uh, next five years so looking at the next five years and really beyond what are you most excited about for the future of talent acquisition what i'm most excited about in talent acquisition is the advancement of technology um, really about how technology will elevate the future of our industry. Uh, I think that we are seeing the emergence of those technology in pockets across the talent acquisition life cycle, but that will continue to evolve. Uh, I firmly believe there will always be a human element um, in what we do, but it's really about looking forward of how we can utilize um, technology to enable what we do uh, and further create that symbiotic relationship. Uh, an example of that for me is moving um, uh, the planning element of what we do from 
uh, a data and insights perspective. So when we're working with organizations now and what we see across the industry is organizations are working uh, on their resource forecasts and that's really driven by a demand plan. Where we will see this evolving to is true workforce planning, future back workforce planning, where organizations will um, uh, be able to predict uh, the um, uh, the resources that they need uh, one, two, three years out, uh, and that will be that will be based on um, uh, sales pipelines, uh, business transformation objectives, attrition, uh, internal mobility, and a number of other factors. But we will see uh, the emergence of that workforce planning component flow across the whole uh, recruitment lifecycle, and it will enable us as a business to ensure that we are driving those uh, passive candidate pipelines. We are setting ourselves up across both our attraction and assessment strategies uh, to really enable our clients' business objectives. So we'll see a more emergence around that workforce planning component, but it will flow across the whole of the talent acquisition lifecycle to ensure that we are executing talent at a strategic level and acting as a true business enabler for our clients' organizations. And that's what I'm most excited about uh, over the forthcoming years and um, certainly the elevation of talent acquisition to that level of the organization uh, can't happen quickly enough because it's it's a very exciting opportunity. That seems like a great place for us to wrap up. Thank you again for joining us, Guy. Nicole, thanks for having me. It's been a uh, great conversation. I thoroughly enjoyed it. So uh, thanks for having me. And thank you for listening. If you have any questions that we didn't cover today, you can send them our way. You can email us at marketing at peoplescout.com or you can find us on social media. Just search People Scout on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. To make sure you don't miss an episode, visit our blog and subscribe to our feed on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy our show, please rate and review. Talking Talent is a People Scout production, music by sound design through Shutterstock. <laughs>